What is it about curiosity that drives us to reach our hand into the unknown, into the darkness? Think about it. We so often leap before we look. We throw caution to the wind just to answer questions, just to try to connect with something beyond ourselves. We explore that with the quiet sky. It started when we called out to the stars, into the darkness. We felt so small tumbling through the vast emptiness while clinging to the skin of the world. And without a single reason why? We were curious, yes, but ultimately I think we were just terribly frightened. And we were young, so very young. We were children and like a lonely lost child, we did the only thing we could think of to make it stop. We did what we had to do to make the universe make sense. We called for help. For years, we scanned the sky for a sign. We sent signals to the stars in the darkness beyond. Are we alone? But the skies were quiet, and always so quiet, leaving us to our own makings. But crying children never cease, and neither did we. We sent calls into every corner of space for a decade after decade. We refused to believe that no one was out there. They had to be, yet for some unknown reason, they never answered us. Everyone remembers when that changed. They think... It responded to the Arecibo message from 1974. The response to the Arecibo message was received almost three months ago in two separate parts. The first part of the message was received at the Hat Creek Radio Observatory in California. The Allen Telescope Array picked up what sounded like static interference that continued on for over an hour. It consisted of unintelligible screeching and buzzing sounds that continued without a pause for the whole hour. The meaning of this message was never discovered, if it even had one. The only thing we know is that the signal's origin came somewhere in the Hercules constellation near Messier 13. As soon as that signal stopped, the real message began. We made contact that day and we were asked a question. Who is there? It came not through the radio, but as a voice. A voice inside all of our heads. It asked a question to all of us. I heard it. My wife heard it. The young heard it. The old heard it. Even the deaf heard it. Everyone everywhere heard this voice whisper that question in their heads in every language on earth. I remember it almost too clearly. It asked in that familiar yet indescribable voice that's always there in my mind. It was like one of my own thoughts had gone rogue and they had decided to speak directly to me. The world seemed to stop as everyone listened for what came next. Where are you? The heavy question seemed to linger in our minds for hours afterwards and then for days and then for weeks. That day changed everything. There were the doubters from the very beginning, and the holy ones who claimed that God spoke to all of us and the time to repent was now. And those were the, there were those that claimed they'd heard nothing, and that those who claimed that the aliens had given them their own secret messages. And of course, there were those who truly believed that we had been contacted for the first time by an extraterrestrial race like us, one ready to communicate, ready to lead us out of the dark. We were wrong. We never made contact with alien life, at least nothing incomprehensible or discernible to human understanding. The stars are vast, and in their vastness, the voices that touch the ears of something truly incomprehensible, something hungry and malevolent, the voice. We realized our mistake when we, the ground started to groan. Beneath our feet everywhere, the ground seemed to moan. The muff shot shook through the dust and dirt below us. No one knew what was causing it, at least not until the calls started coming in. The graveyards were screaming. All at once, the dead had started screaming. Every deceased man, woman, and child was turning in their graves. All the animals did so too. Every dog, every cat, everything that ever walked this earth. 
The cries of the ancient whale shook the seas, and the shrill screeching of birds echoed in the forest. The caskets shook, and the morgues howled. The voices stopped together in an instant, leaving the world in an amplified silence, and in their absence a new sound filled the air. The voice returned. I hear you. It came as a whisper from behind, an ominous, yet oddly playful presence that was so close, but was truly still so far away. It let us breathe in the silence for a minute before it made us a promise. It was a promise we all knew to be true. I am coming. The voice was gone and the air was again filled with screams. This time they were from the living. After the voice had gone, we were left to our own devices. Millions panicked and rightfully so as chaos took hold of the streets. Many would die in that violence and the gunfire of that night. They'd be known as the raptured before the long... Before long, the rest of us were condemned. We would only wait. The screaming dead was only the first of the side effects that we felt as the voice approached. The closer it got, the more we felt it. That night, after the screaming, we noticed the stars bleed for the first time. A section of the western sky had turned black, blacker than the night. It was only truly visible because of the ring of stars around it. The light from the stars had turned red, and they seemed to bleed across the sky like a food coloring dropped into water. Their light swirled and flowed all around the edge of some unseen mass. I knew then that I was staring into the face of the voice. Our scientists claimed that nothing was there and that their radar scans were always uh, coming up empty. Their telescopes could see nothing but darkness in that section of space. However, the proof was right in front of us as every night that ring of darkness got wider and more stars bled in the sky. We watched it come. As each night passed, the black spot would widen and more stars would distort and bleed around it. During the night and during the day, a new hell would greet us and the side effects worsened. The day always brought something new. I'm sure most of what happened will go untold and unknown. The animals started disappearing, all of them. No tracks, no traces, or bodies were left behind. Pets would run away, some violently so. They all retreated, never to be seen again. The forests were left abandoned. The oceans empty, and the air was left silent. The world seemed left empty and lonely. They left like water receding from the shore just before the tsunami breaks. One day, about two weeks ago, scientists tried to talk to the voice again. They hoped, perhaps, to reason with it. They told it about what was happening on our world and asked questions. The scientists begged, and it didn't speak. When asked what the voice was sent to response, the next night, the skies lit up with streaks of fire. It was a light for hours, blazoned with orange and red. We didn't realize the effects until the next day, when the televisions turned to static, and the tele televisions refused to work. We had sat, watching as the satellites were knocked out of the heavens. After the reports became rumors and rumbling, sanity, a thing of the past. The chilled air weighed us down. The voice was nearly here, and everyone felt it. It rained for a week after the satellites fell, and the rain wasn't salty and mired with unknown filth that turned the grass black. Maybe the satellites tracked something back in with them when they hit the sky. No one knew for sure. All we knew is that it fell from the sky, black, as charcoal that blotted out the sun. Like liquid ash, darkness fell upon us for days. When the clouds went away, the skies were empty. There were no clouds, yet the sky hung low and gray. If the sun was anywhere in the sky, it never made itself known. Even it had abandoned us. Each day grew slowly, darker and darker, until night and day became almost the same. Some would claim later that they'd seen things in the dark. Creatures with gangly limbs and crooked faces lurking in the corner of their vision. They were tall, white creatures that looked molten or rotten through a transparent skin. Appearances would last just for a second or two before vanishing without a trace. 
Some believe this was the first step in the aliens' invasion, but the rest of us didn't know what to think. We just knew that it was nothing that simple or benign. They must have been hallucinations or just madness to endure, but ultimately as harmless as anything else, as harmless as the screams of the dead, the missing animals in the dying sky. Appearances slowly increased in duration and number. I think everyone saw them once at the least, but I don't think a single person could ever guess why they were truly here. They never touched nor spoke to anyone, and they certainly never harmed anyone. Most of who got good looks at them described them as mournful or sorrow-looking. Some even claimed the creature watched over them at night, and others claimed that it was as if the creatures were sorry for them. One claimed to have seen one prostrate up on the ground, hands clasped on his head. He said he was praying for us. Prayer was no help. The churches and places of worship had divided us for so long, had failed to bring hope to any in the end. The voice let them pray and beg for a while, but just days ago the voice ended it all. No one questioned how, but at this point nothing that happened surprised anyone anymore. But on that final day, all books of worship burned. Every last Bible, every Koran, everything. People rushed to their centers of faith but found no solace. The churches and temples had suffered the same fates, if not worse. The peoples were left abandoned by their greatest hopes. There were rumors of churches all over the world with walls formed from the bodies of those who sought refuge. They were merged into the walls, struck, stuck to them like flies in a trap. They died still pleading for hope, but they were beyond God's help. The rest of us had learned to stop begging. We waited. The final message came from beyond the sky that fell, that fell upon us. The voice echoed, and it spoke a simple truth. I am here. There is a darkness beyond the horizon, the likes of which I doubt has ever been seen. It brings it with it the screams of the countless souls, and it moves fast. The stars are dying now, and I know they'll never be seen again. The light is dying so fast. I leave this not as a warning. No, it's far too late for that. Instead, I consider this the last realization, the last humanity will ever know, for we used to wonder whether or not we were alone, and lost, so lost, but never whether or not we were safe and hidden. The universe is infinite, and our understanding was significantly more finite. We should never have beckoned into the darkness. Instead, we should have clung to the light, and closed our eyes every time we returned into the void. As the final minutes approach, I hold one final truth to be certain. I know now why the skies were always so quiet. So, looks like we have a little bit of that good old cosmic horror. Um, but, old saying about when you stare into the void, eventually the void will stare back, rings true. We think ourselves this self-important race, this, this world, because it is important to us, but we don't realize how much we probably escape the gaze of so many other things in the galaxies beyond. So when you go waving your hands and screaming, eventually something will take notice and it may not be a friend. So curious what you guys think, and as always, take care.